Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Afternoons on SEN. I'm Glenn Hawke. Great to be joining you on this Wednesday, January 24th. Another magnificent day in Sydney town, 26 and a half degrees at the moment. Looking for a top of 30, a couple of big hot days coming up over the next couple of days heading into the weekend. Hey, thanks for joining us this afternoon. A big thanks to Matty White for getting us through the morning and through to midday. But wherever you're joining us, 11.70 here in Sydney, 6.93 a.m. in Brisbane. You may be listening via the app and that could be here in Sydney. It could be anywhere around Australia or indeed around the world. Thank you for listening this afternoon. A big thanks straight up to SBS Fencing Portal, Toilet and Fencing Hire here in Sydney for all those needs. Go to sbsfence.com.au. A wonderful supporter of the afternoon show and have been for a while. And we do thank them once again for being part of it. Now, we want to hear from you through the afternoon as well. You be part of the show. Give us a call anytime. one 1170 or get the text line going as well, 0457 736 736. The text line has been exploding since breakfast this morning with uh, with Coops and, and MC. Maddie's text line has been exploding. Let's let's blow it up this afternoon as well. Plenty to talk about. And, of course, our best text or call will receive a Signet Boost Power Pack. So jump online, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. A big show coming up this afternoon. Very soon... We'll have a chat to esteemed cricket journalist from the Australian and also part of the SEN cricket commentary team. He'll be in Brisbane from tomorrow. Pete Layla. We're going to be chatting all things cricket, of course. There's a BBL final coming up in Sydney tonight and the second test starting in Brisbane tomorrow. Day-night test. Can't wait for that one. Well-respected UK journalist now calls Australia home, Alex Thomas. He's going to drop into the studio in the second hour. We're going to talk Australian Open and, of course, the quarterfinals getting underway in just a few moments' time down there at Melbourne Park. We'll have a chat to him. We'll talk some football as well. And I might even drop in a little bit of Ashes chat as well. I'm sure he'll enjoy that. Daniel Garber is going to drop by to talk Socceroos. Of course, they had a draw last night against Uzbekistan. And Jalissa Raps after, well, being part of the breakfast show earlier on this week. She's back with Seven News and she'll be coming off the bench to uh, have a chat to us here this afternoon. All things, no doubt, we'll talk a bit of rugby league and get the latest what's happening in sport around Australia, around Sydney as well. And, of course, the great man, Coach K, who continues to steer the ship for me, pushing all the buttons and the dials, and he does all sorts of stuff over the opposite side of the desk there. He'll be joining us for uh, his sports updates. And, of course, the Who Am I? I think another Signet Boost Power Pack giving away this afternoon, Coach K, yes? So two Signet Boost Power Packs to give away. Make sure you're part of that. Well, $100 cash as well. We'll get to that later on. But a big thanks to Coach K for steering the ship and, and guiding me as he has done the last few times that I've been in the studio. But uh, a big one coming up here this afternoon. We're going to start with cricket. And, of course, we are right in the midst of the summer of cricket. I did mention the BBL final coming up here tonight in Sydney at the SCG. The fans of Magenta or any cricket fans, please get along to the SCG tonight. Let's feel that one. 42,000 for the, uh, the Sydney smash against the Thunder a little over a week ago, headlined by David Warner arriving in the helicopter. No helicopters there tonight, but we'd love to see the SCG field tonight as the Sixers aim for their fourth title 
in BBL history. They really have, alongside the, the Perth Scorchers, have been one of the powerhouses of BBL cricket since, uh, well, 13 seasons has been running now and they've been part of it. Are we all, oh, yes, uh, Coach K is just, yeah, we go up to Brisbane as well. So coming up against the, uh, the Heat. Can the Heat, well, the Heat haven't won for over a, a decade. They'll be looking to, uh, to get one across the line tonight and over the Sydney Sixers. Of course, they got back-to-back titles in 2020 and 2021. The Heat, a real, a real boost tonight. Matt Renshaw, he's been released from the Australian side and he'll be taking his spot in the final at the SCG. Great news for, uh, for Matty Renshaw, great news for the Heat. Probably great news for the Australian cricket team as well. I'm guessing that means that Usman Khawaja has got through his concussion protocols and he will line up in the, uh, in the test up there in Brisbane. And also Travis Head. Of course, Trav contracted COVID. Coach K knows all about that one. Went down with a spicy cough last week. But uh, Travis Head, he still needs to pass a final COVID test. If he does so, all clear to go against uh, the West Indies. So good news for there. But uh, for the, the Brisbane Heat, eight players will back up from that final last year where they went down in what was an absolutely scintillating final uh, where the Scorchers won that one. But the Sydney Sixers have seven players were part of those 2020 and 2021 titles. Moses Enriquez, the captain, of course, James Vince, Dan Hughes, Jordan Silk, Sean Abbott, Ben Dwarshus, and the great Stephen O'Keefe. And in fact, Moises and Socky were part of the very first BBL title in 2011-2012. So that gets underway tonight at 7.15. Good luck to Moses and the team, and let's hope that they send Socky out on a, uh, on a win, but also to our... Queensland listeners, we, we wish you all the very best as well. We've got Pete Lola coming up very, very soon. We're going to talk about Test Cricket, but we need to touch on before we get there about the great Pat Cummins, of course. Plenty has been said in the last 24 hours or so since he had, his, had the press conference leading into it and the inevitable questions were asked about his thoughts on Australia Day. I'll give you his quote. He said, I absolutely love Australia. It's the best country in the world by mile. We should have an Australia Day but we can probably find a more appropriate day to celebrate it. Once you start realising January 26 and why it's chosen, Australia Day is meant to be a celebration of everything Australia and our history. So according to Pat Cummins, we should choose a better date. He has been hammered from pillar to post for having an opinion, a man who will have an opinion on this one, and, uh, and Pat Cummins' thoughts is Pete Layla. Pete, thanks for joining us on the afternoons. <laughs> you, you're wrong for my opinion on these topics. Pat's is good enough, isn't it? Mate, I'm just going to throw I'm, you straight in the deep end here, Pete. I, yeah, and I'm just going to deflect and duck and weave. Um, I've just checked the um, Australian homepage. I think it's at uh, 2,200 comments wow. on the story about Pat Cummins and Australia Day. To put that into context, a really good cricket yarn, won't mm. you will get 300 comments. Wow. The only other time in the history of cricket reporting, or the modern of modern cricket reporting, I might add, have, that I've ever seen this much response to a story um, was Sandpaper Gate. Which, when I wrote the story of what had happened, and Australia woke up and opened the web pages and went, wow, and just reacted viscerally. Um, and I thought then I'd never see anything like that. But... I have, again, because this is what you really call a hot-button topic. <laughs> it, it sure is, and I, I think we've been discussing, or it has been discussed plenty on SEN right throughout the morning uh, as it is. I think for me, though, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it, you know, Pat Cummins didn't 
say, I want to hold a press conference to discuss this. He didn't, it wasn't a town hall meeting in the Queen Street Mall. He didn't put a video on his own social media. He was asked a question mm. by the working journalist and he provided uh, a respectful, well thought out, honest answer. I think we would have had more of an issue, Pete, if he dead batted and didn't give any answer to the journos. People, people are quite um, fragile on this topic. And Pat signalled that when, um, because in fact, the, the press conference was around another hot button issue um, when it comes to Pat Cummins. It was about the installation of solar panels on the roof of what used to be known as the Centre of Excellence there, because Pat's got a program called Cricket for Climate, which is installing um, solar panels on the roofs of every cricket club in the country, or that's its aim. Mm. And even in those, those ones will save $50,000 a year in electricity bills that then can be put back into buying bats and balls and nets and whatever yeah. else you do in cricket clubs. Um, and he observed then that people are always agitated by change yeah. or the suggestion of change. People get particularly agitated by Pat. He doesn't lecture. He's asked his opinion. He gives it. He's very mild. He's very polite. He doesn't say, you must think this or... He never exactly, says, yep. you are wrong to the other side. He just says, look, this is what I think. And I've read about it and it's what I think. And if you're a cricket player and your your colleagues are Ash Gardner and Scott Boland and you believe that your game should include more people like that, more Indigenous people, because it would mm. never ha- rarely has in the past, you would listen to their views around it a topic like that and say, well, yeah, I kind of get why you're uncomfortable about that January 26th date. And, yep, yeah, all right, fair enough. I might change my views. But, uh, yeah, Pat, they, people become inflamed by it. They, they seem to set fire to themselves the moment he opens his mouth. It's, I've never heard him lecture anybody on the topic. And I've never been, heard him be anything but, but polite around the issue. Yeah. Not yeah. provocative. He's not provocative. We're not uh, we're not happy unless we're outraged in 2024, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, I blame those people in the media, not ah, us. Of course. No, of course not. Of course not, <laughs> Pete. Let's let's actually talk a little bit of cricket and about you know oh, teams. I know it's a weird concept, a totally weird concept. Of course, we're all, we're all heading to well, not all of us, you and I will be, but heading to Brisbane tomorrow for this uh, this second Test match. The I think one of the most important things at the moment is the weather forecast. It was looking horrible about a week ago. Are we going to get much play after day two? Uh, <laughs> you asked my political opinions and then my meteorological observations. All the big questions it's here, mate. What you learn at journalism school, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I saw a tweet this morning that said that, the, that it's a lower chance of rain on the Saturday. It's 30%. But it did look like there's a tropical storm yeah. or cyclone or God knows what it is about to hit that north coast. Mm. And it did look like we were going to be wiped out from Sunday to Monday. But long-range forecasts are notoriously unreliable. Yeah. So fingers crossed. And like two and a half days might be enough. Might be just enough. quietly. I hope it is. I hope it isn't. I hope that uh, the um, West Indies can find a bit more fight in their batting lineup than they did in Adelaide, and I think this wicket will favour them more than Adelaide did. The Shield players tell me that this is the best batting wicket in Australia now, up in Brisbane. It's always been the most hostile for visitors. That's Mm. why we throw the palms out there every time they tour for first test. But the first couple of hours is testing, but it does settle down, and and it is a true wicket, unlike perhaps what you got in Adelaide, where it was very difficult to bat on. Yeah, and we've seen, though, in, in these pink ball tests, most of them being played in Adelaide over the last few years, that 
the um, the ground staff down there, the, the curators, have, have left a little bit more grass on it. It's a little bit greener. So that pink ball, which seems to wear a little bit quicker than, than the traditional red ball, do you think is that going to be, you know, we see a bit more grass and we, we saw the green monster rolled out at the Gabba um, not too long ago. Will it be something similar to that again? Well, it's hard to know, isn't it, what they'll do. Mm. Look, usually that's a lush enough surface tradition, as, as it's traditionally presented. And in Adelaide, like we, they say they don't change this now. Damon Hoff said before this test that they don't change the grass length, whether it's red ball or pink ball. He might change his mind after that experience. But uh, I, don't, I, I don't think they'll put too much grass on it. Mm. And I, I, hope, I hope not too, because tends to slow them down a bit. You like that you like that speed you like bounce and speed in Brisbane at the Gabba. This West Indies side, as you said, they they were pretty good with the ball. In fact, bowled Australia out I think the first time since two thousand and nine a West Indies side had bowled Australia out. They did show some on the back of Shamar Joseph and others. It's with the bat they struggle. Where do they find the improvement here? How can they find that improvement against what is this the best bowling attack in the world? Yeah, well, that's a good question. I mean, hopefully they, they, they can dig a little deeper. They do, they do have that experience at the top of the order there with their openers, mm. and their openers need to, to actually give a foundation to those. Yeah. That string of left-handers that follows them, that they're a bit more sort of... Well, they're not... Yeah, their chances, a few of those blokes, and, and maybe those chances will come off. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not quite sure because they're against they're against a fierce and bowling attack, as we keep pointing out. Three seamers with 250 plus wickets each, and that spinner who's got 500 plus wickets. That's the most experienced bowling attack that's ever taken the field in Test cricket, anywhere. And they're very, very, very good. They're all at the peak of their games. They've all stayed fit all summer. They're a delight to watch. I've got to say, it's I a, love. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. Isn't it? Well, it's we've now got. Four of the ten greatest wicket takers in Australian Test cricket, all playing at the same team at the same time. It's remarkable. Yeah, yeah, and what I, I kind of am intrigued by this. It's a little bit of a new era of bowling. It's a new era that's been upon us for about ten years. But the the way that Hayeswood and um, what's his name Cummins go about it, the, the nibbling blokes off, you know, mm. in the manner of a Glenn McGrath, but with greater speed. I mean, I love the fact that Pat Cummins has got has developed a huge in-swinger. Yeah. But he only pulls out. He pulls it out like you know, like a like someone pulls out their Saturday night dance shirt, you know, once a <laughs> month when they're going to town because it's a bit it's a bit flashy for him. Yeah. Yeah. He prefer bang the wicket and test that outside edge, and and I think for years, <laughs> and leading up to that sandpaper scandal. We were obsessed by swing bowling, mm. absolutely obsessed by it, yeah. and kind of moved past it a bit. It's it's easy to say too because I think these new these kookaburra balls we've had this summer they do swing, yeah. They hold their shape for a long time and they've been very very good. I think I can't remember one being replaced this summer, but yeah. I think somebody told me one has been. But uh, it's a good time to watch bowlers. It, oh, it's amazing! It's a great season for theme bowling. Yeah. And Mitchell Stark seven wickets away from tying. The great DK Lilies. He's on 348, of course. DK Lilly, 355. Mitchell Stark is same age. He debuted with um, with David Warner. It's interesting now how this bowling quartet will will play out and uh, how much longer they've got in the game. But you know, Mitchell Stark, you would think he will finish behind Glenn McGrath as the the, the best 
fast bowling wicket taker. Where where does he sit now in the in the pantheon of Australian Test bowlers? It's been a fantastic career, hasn't it? And, yeah. and it hasn't been an easy. Yeah, you know, cricket hasn't come easy mm. to Mitch Stark. Left armers always seem to be a, a little bit wayward. And remember, he was ridden hard in his early career mm. by Shane Warne, um, you know, for his body language and you know, and all those things that Shane, Shane questioned. And Mitch took them very, very hard, I think. Mm. I think in the last three years, he, he's hit his straps. It will be interesting to see where we remember him. Mm. When, when they put together the highlights package of Mitch Stark's greatest wickets. You can see them, can't you? They're those hooping in-swingers that shatter the stumps. Yeah. That's that, that fear that plays on every opening batter's mind when they go out mid You know, one-day cricket, C20, or test cricket. Oh, my God, don't let him bowl me with that in-swinger because yeah. it's just humiliating. But he's become so smart now, he nicks them off by the one that goes straight across because they're looking for the in-swinger. Mm. I mean, we love that rock and roll of uh, Mitch Johnson, don't we? The, you know, like breaking breaking fingers and arms or whatever else he did. Uh, he was an incredible bowler at his peak. And Would it be possible? I'd have to go back and check this before I say it, but has Starkey been up and at his peak longer than Johnson was? I think he probably has. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he's been he's been outstanding, for, as you say, for a long time. He's had his, he's had his, not issues, but, you know, copped some criticism plenty of times and he's kept bouncing back and to have the longevity in the game that he has is, is incredible testament to to the work that he puts in and, and no doubt his love and passion for the game. I think the, the two deliveries that will long live with me, the um, the first ball of the Ashes around the legs of um, Zach Crawley and yep. <laughs> and obviously the first first over in uh, in the 2015 World Cup final where he knocked over Baz McCullum. I wasn't there, but from all reports, some colleagues of mine who were working on that one, it was the loudest they'd ever heard. A, uh, a cricket match in Australia that um, that 2015 final amazing. <laughs> that was amazing, yes. Brendan McCullum, who went on to be our nemesis for England, who'd have thought that at the time? Best bloke in cricket once. <laughs> <laughs> now we love them when they're in New Zealand. We keep beating them, but when they head over to England and uh, and trying to orchestrate our downfall, not so much. No, no, when they won't. Yeah, and they stop drinking with us. So I don't know what to speak <laughs> when they go over there. But, uh, I just quietly, I, it, I was actually talking to Mitch Stark and um, Alex Carey last night, walking back from the ground together, and they were saying, geez, it's a shame this test is on this week because they're itching to watch this India-England clash yes. that I think starts tomorrow, doesn't it, does. it in, yes. um, in India. That's going to be fascinating, taking yeah. how does baseball go in, in India. But anyway. It's, uh, there's plenty of love in the world of cricket at the moment, Pete Lawler. Thank you so much for joining us on SEN Afternoons, and uh, I'll see you in Brisbane tomorrow. Look forward to it. Pete Lawler, a legend of Australian cricketing journalism. Great to have him on the show this afternoon. It's time for a break. Back soon.